Time for our worship service to begin. Uh, well, this is a day we've been looking forward to for months, months. So welcome. Glad to hear the voices of everyone this morning visiting. Great to be here on a beautiful day. Just proud to see everybody. It was last July the 26th, 2020. Brother Ken preached his first sermon as our minister from this pulpit. You know what happened the next Sunday? We didn't come. So I hope he didn't get the wrong idea there, you know. <laughs> but anyhow, but we've gone through a lot of things. But we're blessed to be here today. So thank you. I want to, uh, you know, having two different services, 8.30, 10.30, requires a lot of people doing a lot of things. And uh, i got to congratulate and thank Chris Langley for how he's handled all this. Ooh, you know, so many here and so many there and not have the same place, so he has done a great job. And then also for all the people who have helped in all those, all those times to, when, when he called on you. Thank you for much. Well, we start off back together with something exciting here this morning. Anthony and Kathy Acock told us this past week that they wanted the eldership to know that they want to consider themselves members of the Bible congregation. They've been worshiping with us for about a year. Anthony has been helping with a song leading at 8.30. They live at 411 County Road 7461. We'll get Jimmy to put that in the bulletin for all of y'all. So we welcome this great, wonderful family to the Bloom Congregation. We've known them for many years. Thank you. And uh, thank uh, Anthony for being willing to uh, lead singing that we had. You know, we I don't know, we got eight or more song leaders here now. We're really blessed with good people to do a lot of things. This morning, our song letter is going to be Jordan Coates. Opening prayer is Bo Gross. Reading scripture, Sam English, the lesson by Brother Ken Forrest, and in charge of the Lord's Supper, Billy Martin, announcements and closing prayer by Randy Moore. Once again, thanks for being here today. And I know today, being the 4th of July time, that no doubt people are traveling, whatever, but uh, I think when next Sunday comes, we'll have even more here. I think we'll be knocking on the door of 400 worship service. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful day you blessed us with, for this privilege to be together again to worship you. We're so thankful for all the blessings we have. Father, we pray that as we enter our worship service, that we can do so in a way that may be pleasing to you. Father, we, we pray for those that are participating in our worship service this morning, particularly Brother Ken, as he brings a lesson to us. We're so thankful for this congregation of your people here. We're thankful, Father, for the freedom we have to assemble to worship. We thank you, Father, for the special day that this occurs every year that we celebrate the independence that we have as Americans. We pray that continue. 
And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. morning. First song this morning will be Soldiers of Christ to Rise, number 647. <laughs> stirring.
song before prayer this morning will be holy, holy, holy. We're going to do this a little differently. You might ask yourself, Jordan, why are we doing this differently? But I'll tell you. Um, some of these older songs we've sung our whole lives, and I think I might be correct in assuming sometimes we just kind of sing through them, don't really think about what we're singing. Uh, so kind of when you break it up like this, I think it's a way to reset our brains to focus on the fact that literally every verse of this song is just praising God. So we're going to do start out just the sopranos. We'll add a, 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 a mm, each verse will add a different part, and it'll it'll show you on screen. <coughs> Excuse me.
valley me, please. And your loving and gracious Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, Father, to be here this morning. We are very mindful, Father, of the ability to assemble together. Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity to encourage one another, to edify one another, and especially, Father, to worship you together. We pray, Father, that this worship service will be pleasing to you, Father, giving you all the glory, giving you all the praise, Father, and better equipping us to serve you each and every day of our lives. Lord, we pray for those who may be hurting. We pray for those who have lost loved ones, those dealing with sickness. Father, you know their needs better than we know how to ask, and we pray that you would just bless them with the things that they need. Father, we are mindful of our country on this special day. The freedoms we have through those who sacrificed everything, Father, to give us the ability to, to worship you without fear of, of torment, Father. We are very thankful. Lord, again, we thank you for all the blessings of life, but especially the blessings we have through your precious Son, Father. We realize we fall short of what you deserve, and we pray that you'll please forgive us. We love you so very much, Father, and we pray all these things in your Son's name. Amen. The invitation song will be I Am Resolved, number 948 in your books. Um, these next two songs I would ask if you would please stand as, as we sing these two songs before the lesson. You
in God's family. With heart
I will be reading John chapter 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Jordan, for the songs that you led this morning, and especially for that last one that put that huge lump in my throat that now is inhibiting my breathing. It's a touching song, isn't it? And you could not help, as you went through every verse, in some way to relive the past year. Because some who were here are no longer here. Some who were very healthy have gone through terrible illnesses. Some who had prospects of a bright future with their families have experienced loss. When Larry announced that the Acocks were to be a part of this body here, I, I rejoiced in that. But this has been an extremely difficult week for them in losing their grandchild, Carter Lee. We prayed for that little boy. And we now, as we prayed, resolve ourselves to the will of God. But that doesn't make it really any easier. Except what we sang just a moment ago. That this is not all that there is. And we anticipate together a great reunion, do we not? might be missing today is Chopper's. Chopper would be here. Brenda's here. But he suffered some dehydration this week. Ended up in the hospital. And he's still not doing very well. So we want to remember these. And we want to refresh our souls. And be so grateful that God has seen fit to make possible our being together today. Will you please pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we are grateful to you for the blessing of this day. We are always thankful, Father, for the first day of the week because we can come together and worship you. But over the past year, it's been fragmented and there's just been a part of us seems like it's really missing. and. Although we may see one another in passing, it's still not the same. Today, today's that day that we just can't help but be so filled with joy and celebrating the fact that 
we are enjoying freedom, at least to a degree, from the confines that were placed upon us because of the rampant nature of the virus. Father, today, we just were overwhelmed that we can sing these songs as one body, to say these prayers as one body, to participate in all of the acts of worship as one body. And we give you thanks for that. We thank you for those who are recovering and who are back with us, like Joan is today. We pray for those who face surgery, like Joanne is facing. We pray for those who are yet ill, like Chopper is. And we pray for those who grieve, like the Acocks grieve. I pray, Father, as truly a family of yours, that we will embrace every case and that we will be an encouragement in every way. And help us, Father, to engage people, not just verbally or with sentiment, but to truly be embracing them emotionally to help, bury, uh, help carry the load. Father, I pray today that you will help me to communicate what I've prepared concerning the freedom that we have in your Son, Jesus Christ. And I pray that that message will fall on the hearts of those who are confident in their relationship with Jesus and can enjoy their freedom to be in approaching you and also pray for those who are as yet to enjoy that freedom. I pray that today's message will touch their hearts in a profound way. Thank you for all that you will do in your message and that you will do in us. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought it was a terrific coincidence that we could have what we kind of, in the background, deem the freedom from the virus on a day that is connected with national freedom. Independence Day, July 4th, along with all of the fanfare, the flag waving and the parades and the fireworks, the celebration of an ideal, an ideal that infected the whole world. Now, some still resist the idea of freedoms, but so many others were loose of their shackles and they became free nations, or at least to some degree free. But I do not suppose that there is any nation on earth who holds so tightly to the beauty of freedom and to the willingness to go wherever we need to go in this world in order to ensure that our freedom continues. We ask any American with regard to nationality, are you free? Nationally, we feel free. Personally, there may be constraints and obstacles that stand in the way of true freedom, but generally as a nation, we, we are the example. We're the, we're the standard by which freedom in the world is measured. And so we just, we celebrate what we have 
as a free people. And even in the prayer a moment ago, somewhat connecting it to our spiritual purpose here today, was the idea that we live in a free nation where we are free to worship God in spirit and in truth. And that's true. But I hope you realize that the freedom that we enjoy in the nation because of the laws that exist in this nation that make it possible for us to assemble in quote-unquote freedom is not the same as what the Bible speaks of when it touts the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. And in fact, I am wondering today if you actually are enjoying that freedom. Or if you know exactly what that freedom is, and if even you have it. Our text is beautiful. It's famous. Many people know this text of Scripture don't even know who it's attributed to. They just like the sound of it. That you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I've seen various translations of that where they said that the truth will set you free. To be set free means that you were in bondage, and as the result of something, you were loosed from that bondage. But Jesus doesn't say exactly that. Jesus doesn't just change our status. He changes what we are. I'm not just going to create a situation in which one day you're a slave and the next you're free. I'm going to make you your essence. Who you are is going to be different. Jesus said something connected with this that kind of expresses that idea a little bit fuller. You go down a few verses, verse 36. Jesus said that if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In other words, you're not just in a free condition that is volatile. Maybe one day you're free, maybe one day you're not. Jesus says, my kind of freedom is a permanent freedom. You can be free and you can, you can have confidence in that freedom. If I'm making you free, you are completely and totally without connection. You are totally, absolutely free. I want to talk about that freedom in Jesus today. Because it is that freedom in which we ought to every day rejoice. We ought to rejoice in that freedom that we have in Jesus Christ to the extent that our feet only touch the ground every three or four steps or so. We are so elated and we rejoice in the fact that Jesus has truly and absolutely set us free from the bondage that was going to bring us nothing but death, destruction. Freedom in Jesus Christ is real freedom. Jesus is introduced that way in the book of John. So we get, the, we get the statement of Jesus related to who he is and what prospect he offers those who will seek after him. But right there in the very beginning, describing who he is, in John chapter 1 and verse 14, it says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word becomes flesh. He's full of grace and truth. A little bit later, this declaration made by Jesus himself, but seemingly in the same kind of context because all of this is coming from the Father and is vested in the Son. And so in John 17 and verse 17, connecting these ideas together, Jesus says, sanctify them, set them apart, make them view as holy, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Jesus, the word, the embodiment of the glory and the truth, he says, Father, just sanctify them by that. Because your word is that truth. That truth brings holiness. It sets them apart. It makes them different. And so it's true. Sin as the problem. Jesus enters as the, as the solution, right? The, the real source of freedom. In the book of Romans chapter 3, beginning verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who Himself is the propitiation through His death. And as a result of that propitiation or that bringing together, the sacrifice that brings together God, who was separated from us because of our sin, is brought back into relationship, He says, through faith, in Jesus Christ. I am because of sin separated from God, but by the grace, the gift of God, I, it is made possible that I can be reconciled or brought back to God, but, but only through that gift of Jesus. In fact, you want exclusivity? John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way to the Father, the only way to the Father. He is the truth, the only truth about the Father. He is the life, the only life that matters, eternal life, life-sustained, abundant life, John 10, 10, with the Father. Without Jesus, there is no access to God. Separation because of sin, no access to God. Jesus washing our sins away, free access to the Father. Freedom in Jesus Christ is, is not just the notion of freedom, not just an ideal that is beyond grasp and we just kind of get a taste. Jesus is real and absolute freedom. Freedom in Jesus Christ is also freedom from the power of sin. You know Romans chapter 6 verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. I, I want that last part, don't you? I want that eternal life that is found in Jesus Christ. I want things to be just exactly right. I, I want it in my own life. I'm sure you do too. 
to have the blessings and the benefits of this relationship with God to the extent that I'm able to fulfill in my own life the things that God expected of us from the very beginning, satisfied in Jesus. And that whole program, Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want that. I want to be able to grasp that work that God has set apart from the very beginning and can be realized in all of us as God has appointed those works for us to do. But I tell you what, that sin thing, that sin thing, the power of it, the way that it controls, the way that it dictates our actions, that once we become embroiled in some sinful practice, we become entangled in it. And it's like we're just so restricted and unable to take control of what we hope for. I read passages like Ephesians 2.10, and I think I want that work of God realized in me, but because of sin, it's like we're just, we're drugged down. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Beginning at verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor revilers, nor extortioners will enter the kingdom of heaven. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. God has testified to the transformation that can occur. Yeah, you are in sin. You're in the pit of sin. But having been in that condition, being sanctified and changed as a result of the message of God and entry into a relationship with Jesus Christ, of putting Him on, of being in Christ, I can be a new creature. I can become totally different, separated from that life. To the Ephesian brethren, the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 17. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk, in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, because the ignorance that is in them, because the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but you have not so learned Christ if you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Put on the new man. Don't leave your life in the pit. Don't continue in sin, but, but throw off of that sin and don't draw back to it. Be free in Jesus Christ. Be free over the power, the restrictions that sin brings to your life. The separation that occurs because of sin due to the fact that God can't have association with that. Throw off those bonds by entry into Jesus Christ and enjoy enjoy this, this new life 
Jesus, and the freedom that he offers, brings power over sin that brings nothing but brings nothing but death. Freedom in Christ is freedom to obey. First John chapter five and verse three. This confounds a bunch of people, I'm afraid. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Okay, that first little part, I, I think people wrestle with that, but they would be okay if the last part wasn't associated with it. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Stop there. That makes sense. I get it. If I'll keep his commandments, I'm demonstrating my love for God. But that isn't where he stops it. He says that his commandments are not burdensome. Listen, I know a lot of people. Maybe you're one of them. It doesn't get that last part. Because you think, oh, wait a minute. I know some of the commandments of God. Some of them, yeah, they're, they're relatively easy. No burden at all. But some things that the Lord commands me to do or the behaviors that I must change in order to be in Christ, those are burdensome. Those are difficult. They're painful. They're hard. I, you know, I, first of all, I don't know if I can do it. And even when I'm trying to do it, I, I do okay for a while and then I fail. So I don't get that last part. You know, a lot of people who think that way believe that the scenario here is something like God's way up there. And there is this ladder of commandments that I'm trying to climb to get to him, right? I'm going to show the love of God by keeping his commandments. So I'm not really loving God until I get to him. So I'm going to work so hard to keep all these commandments. And you begin climbing one rung after another and you feel like you're doing great. And then all of a sudden, one of those old things from your past life pops up and you give into it and boom, before you know it, you're back down at the body. You got to start all over again. Haven't yet assailed, haven't made it to God, haven't demonstrated my love for God. And so I'm stuck. And you know, Ken, I've been climbing these rungs, the very same ones for years, and I still haven't made it to God. And I'm just on and on and on. I'm a failure. Or it could be even worse than that. What if... And I bet somebody's at this place. What if you're in the deep, deep pit of sin? You know, you're so deep in sin right now. You can't even see the first rung. <laughs> you know, you'd love to be keeping all those commandments that those good and proper Christians keep, but you can't even reach the first rung. You are so deep in your pit of sin, and there are people there on the edge of that pit who are constantly talking you down about your sin, and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to try. And so there you remain. And you read this passage. This is the love of God. I feel like I love God. But man, I'm helpless. I am hopeless. 
This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. I can't seem to do it. And then that part I don't get. His commandments are not burdensome. I imagine, I imagine that it would be a tremendous relief to you to find out that that isn't exactly how it works. Wouldn't it be a tremendous relief to know that today, not over the course of years that you have been struggling to make it on your own to God, but today that Jesus could take you from however deep you are in the pit of sin that you find yourself in, He can pick you up from the depths of your deepest despair and not just take you to the first rung and give you a boost, but that He can carry you right into the presence of God. Jesus can do that. Now here's where the sense of that comes. When I'm in Christ now, when I'm enjoying the blessing of forgiveness of sin, not as an effort of my own, but as a result of the blood of Jesus that washed my sins away, when now I stand in the presence of God, I am not, I am not weak, I, I, I am not, I'm not without ability or strength to rise up and keep the commandments of God. And the difference is this, I'm not keeping those commandments because I feel like I have to, and if I don't, I'm going to be lost. Now, I'm keeping those commandments as I am continually in fellowship with God, not out of a motivation of stress and frustration and complying with God, but out of a simple thanks and love for God. And in that way, now that I'm in fellowship with God, those commandments aren't burdensome at all. I do the will of God now, not in order to impress God with how good I am. But I keep those commandments simply because I love Him. Wait, let's think of that text again now. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments commandments are not burdensome. Not only will that freedom in Christ give us the freedom to obey, it'll also give us the freedom to serve. Okay, so I didn't think I was worthy. Now as I've obeyed the gospel, had my sins washed away, now not only am I worthy, I'm walking with the Lord. I am, I am motivated out of a love for the Lord. Not feeling a have to, but feeling a want to. An absolute one. The Apostle Paul tried to put those ideas into words in 1 Timothy chapter 1, beginning verse 12. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the faith of our Lord was exceedingly abundant in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. 
However, for this reason I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. You are not perfect. Neither am I perfect. I laugh sometimes. I'll be sitting around with some people that I don't know. Maybe it's at a community event. And they'll start going around the room. Well, what do you do for a living? What do you do? One will say, well, I'm plant manager over at such and such a place. Another one will say, I'm a school teacher. I've been teaching so and so years. Uh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a minister. Well, now, you know, we go down to the church at X place. Oh, and what about this and what a... It's almost like I kind of loathe the question. In fact, once it starts going around the room, I think, in a minute, this whole thing's about to change. Earlier in this conversation, they were talking about their wild and crazy ways, and now it's just going to be lily white the rest of the way. You know why that is? They think, I'm perfect. You're a preacher. You're perfect. You're the preacher. You're, you're God's eyes here at this table now. And if we were to say something or reveal something, God would know about it. Let's back up for a second. You are not perfect. And I'm not perfect either. The Apostle Paul said he was the chief of sinners. The thing is, he wasn't really comparing himself to every other sinner. I'm sure if you were comparing yourself to somebody else, you might find ways that you do better than they do. There is no consolation in that. Paul was not comparing himself to anybody but one body. He was comparing himself to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when I compare myself to Jesus, all my good works are nothing but rubbish. And I could stand right there with the Apostle Paul and say, I know what you mean. I'm the chief of sinners too. But while you may not be perfect, and I'm definitely not perfect, there's one thing that we all can be. And that is, we all can be faithful. There's a big difference between being perfect, flawless, and being faithful. After services, walk up to my wife. <laughs> Say, hey, Ken was talking about per perfection today. Is Ken perfect? And then step back as she goes into convulsions with laughing. Is he perfect? He is not perfect. But you ask her if I'm faithful. And then you can draw closer. Because I am faithful. Jesus, Jesus is perfect. And if I'm faithful to Jesus, then his perfection will make possible my forgiveness regardless of the fact that I am imperfect. 
And even those times when I have assailed to the very presence of God, and I'm enjoying the forgiveness of sins, and I'm walking with the Lord, in that moment of weakness when we commit sin, it is not like we fall from the presence of God all the way down to the depth of the deepest pit again. And woe is me. It is not like that. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, it says that if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we are liars and the Word is not in us. My little children... These things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. Thanks be to God that Jesus brings us freedom. Not freedom to do whatever you want to do. Because given the opportunity to do what you want to do, you'll end right back up in that pit. But what he does give us is freedom to be with God. Freedom to be separated from our sins, which are so abundant. And freedom someday to enter into eternal life. Oh, today's a great day. Independence Day, 4th of July, waving the flags and shooting off the fireworks. But there is a greater freedom that exists and that is the freedom that we can have in Jesus Christ. Today, are you in the deep, deep pit? Then why don't you obey the gospel? You believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Repent of that. Confess your faith. Be buried in water. Have your sins washed away by the blood that Jesus shed. You'll rise up out of that water a new creature. A new creature. Sin's gone. Not by any work that you did, but by what Jesus did. And your obedience demonstrates your faith, your trust in Him as the perfect Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Maybe you're a child of God. You know, you've been walking with the Lord and you've slipped. Did you forget? about the blood that continues to wash? Or did you fall farther? Can we help get you back on your feet? Encourage you? Pray for you? We'll do that because we're a family. We love each member. And we want to see, just as we sang in that song, we want to see everybody go to heaven. If there's anybody who needs to respond today for any reason, now is your opportunity to come. Why don't you, while we stand and sing together? I am
May be seated. Psalm before the Lord's Supper this morning will be how deep the Father's love.
If you do not have the emblems for the Lord's Supper, if you would, please raise your hand high and we'll see that the ushers get you these emblems. As we prepare our minds to partake of the Lord's Supper, we consider this a communion, a communion of his entire body, his bread, the bread which represents his body and the cup which represents his blood. Because of his death, we share a special bond with him. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this privilege to remember your son's death. We remember his love for us. We remember that we are family today as we commune with the bread and the cup. We pray, Father, that we will examine ourselves and pray, Father, that we will partake of this bread in a manner that's pleasing to thee. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Bow again, please. Father in heaven, we're once again so thankful for all the many blessings of life. For your son, Lord Jesus, Father, we pray that we will center our minds on the time of the, cry, on the, time of the cry, cross, Father, that we can remember Christ and partake of this cup in a manner that's pleasing to thee. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Now let us uh, give thanks for all the many blessings we have for our giving. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for all the many blessings of life, for all the material blessings that you continue to bestow upon us each and every day, Father. We just pray we'll always be the stewards that you would have us to be of everything, Father. We pray, Father, as we give, that we'll give of our talents and our means and everything that we have comes from you above, Father. Christ's name we pray. Amen. Don't want to run ahead of somebody here, Jordan. Uh, some months, several months ago, or a good while ago, I don't know how long, Brother Jim asked us, informed us that he wanted to retire at the end of June. Well, you know the end of June is here and past. But he also said if we didn't have somebody to fill his role, that he would continue. So we're thankful for that, and we're working on that. But I want us to recognize Brother Jim, his native family, today that uh, he officially retired not finished working, of course. You know how they are, don't you? So, uh, just want to mention this much today, and you might have an opportunity to talk to him a little, but you'll be hearing more, okay? So, 
won't hold you anymore. Just want you to know that. How much we appreciate him and them for the many. How many years, Jim? Fourteen and a half. Thank you. Good service. And uh, eight thirty people. Remember today when we finish, you don't have to rush out. Okay, so you wouldn't believe it. Eight thirty. And uh, sometimes for Dee and Bobby and James and whoever did all the spraying, we had to run people out. So today it's all yours. Just real quick before Randy gets up here, uh, if you if your kids go in Horizons, I've got you've got to get this waiver signed. They will not let them go any further than the registration table if they don't have that with them. I've put some blank ones on this table as you go back into the foyer to the left, uh, the table with the black tablecloth on it. You can grab one, bring that with them, make sure they have that when they leave today. If they're riding the bus, we're leaving at one o'clock. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here on this beautiful Sunday morning, July the 4th, 2021. We had 342 in services this morning. That's amazing. Uh, the Rosa family, Rosenda, Judy, and daughter Diana and Mia are returning to Boonville and, be, and will be worshiping with us pretty soon. Everybody is invited to shower them with gift cards, paper goods, detergents, cleaning supplies, groceries, all that sort of stuff and bring it and put it on the table out in the foyer. It's set up for that purpose. I have one card today. Sometimes a tear means hurt, and sometimes a tear means all the love you are receiving and no words can be spoken. They say people will forget what you say, but will never forget how you made them feel. That's how our church family has made us feel. Our little Carter Lee was with us for 16 wonderful days. And during that time, we will never forget all the outpouring of love, prayers, and the beautiful meal prepared for our family after Carter's service yesterday we will forever be grateful. Signed, Anthony, Kathy, Jason, and Aaron Acock. That, that is all the announcements I have. Would you please stand for our closing prayer? Our dear, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for this day and the many blessings of life you bestow on us each and every day. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we've had to come out this morning and study your word once again. Lord, I pray that what we've learned, may we apply it to our lives and may as a result, we better serve you. Most of all, Lord, Thank you for your son, Jesus, who died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world. Forgive us, Lord, wherein we have sinned against you. For this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.